0: Gentlemen, let's broaden our minds. Lawrence! Hello and welcome to And Why Not? movie podcast and the nerds who haunted themselves i'm struck moraine in each episode i'm joined by a guest to talk about a movie they love this episode i'm joined by damien edwardson to discuss tim burton's 1989 blockbuster batman i hope you enjoyed the film talk and as always and if you feel like doing so you can uh, keep the conversation going in the comments on our socials uh, and in the and why not facebook group or if you see this episode posted and now with all that out the way let's roll the trailer I have given a name to my pain. What are you? I'm Batman. Ah! How did you get
1: those wonderful toys? My life is really Ah! complex.
0: Wing freak terrorizes, wait till they get a load of me. Hello, Damien. How are you?
1: I'm all right, mate. How are you? One oh, time right. no speak. I know it's been a while. I mean, I've been been ostrich sized, <laughs> or whatever they, however they say. It. Cast out.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> no, I'm all right, mate. I'm all right. Not too bad at all.
0: Good, good, good. Like I say, it's uh, stuff going on. You've had reasons for not being on. So.
1: <laughs> yeah, I've been a bit busy. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm just, no surprise. and am not wishing to put it down on things. But obviously, we've been going through, H's uh, been going through a, a, a cancer situation. So we're working our way through that. I've been made redundant, re-employed, and then and I'm unemployed again now. So uh, that's been a bit of a turmoil. But actually, it's all that considering, you know, things aren't too bad. We're We're on... There's a light at the end of the tunnel now, so H is near the end of the radiotherapy, which is great. Um, I'm starting to look for work again because I've kind of put it on, on hold whilst I've worked through this radiotherapy stuff with H because it's like every day, you know, like a three hour trip. Yeah, entry,
0: you, you don't want to be starting to no going but I need that. to be able to leave at this, this and this, do you? So.
1: Exactly. So it's just about priorities and we've got them right. And uh, yeah, we're coming out right the other side. So hopefully, hopefully, he said, not crossing anything. <laughs> but we're gonna uh, we're gonna end up just going up up that curve this year and twenty twenty two might be a better better year than the previous two, particularly well. the last one. Which I thought the first one I thought twenty, you know, was bad. And then twenty one was like that meme, you know, hold me beer.
0: That's it. Uh,
1: and then that just came and gave me a right shoeing in the ball bag. So yeah. We're we're all right, mate. We're doing all right.
0: Good good i uh yeah like i say i haven't been through a similar a few years ago with cat i i know how difficult it is and that so but yeah we got yeah, all it's, serious it's, oh
1: <laughs> it's one of the it's one of the things i know yeah it's one of the things that you don't actually realize until you're going through the situation is how common it is yeah it's frightening you know because i know you read the stats about you know um one in three you know one in two and and then you get you know fucking brainiacs going well i don't believe one in two because there's two of us in this house and there was about cancer and it's like well you we don't understand you know how these things work then do you pudding but it is incredibly incredibly common you know i mean i've got um another friend who's diagnosed at the same time as age for the same day i've got uh, someone else i used to know where i were at um that H knows that's also going through and she's got almost the same diagnosis as H and that happened within a couple of weeks and this it's just frighteningly common um, and I mean you know Stuart obviously from past experience that it is a frightening time but you've got to kind of really take the positives from it which are you know try and get the message out there to people that you know, particularly um, women and men, really. To be fair, you've got to check yourself. You know, and if something doesn't seem right, you've got to get it checked out.
0: Yeah. You know,
1: there's there's no room for fear of no, the fear of knowing because that <laughs> shit kills you. You know, you've got to you've got to get out there and um, got to get and see your doctor. So, that's anybody it. listening to this, being groped by your doctor is never
0: snows. as bad as you think it's going to be, is it? No. We, no. We've all stood there with somebody with our nuts in their hands, going, Yeah, no, that's normal.
1: Really? To it. be fair, though, I normally pay for that, but,
0: you know. Oh, well, yeah, uh, and I found out you could get it for free on the NHS.
1: I don't think anyone's ever looked at my nuts in their hands and gone, that's normal.
0: <laughs> well, you know, as it's meant to be, maybe not normal. <laughs> they, they normally say, is it cold? <laughs> <laughs> that's normal. Not sure what that is. <laughs> anyway, we've we've got anyway, off track already. Do apologize. But, you know, speaking of nuts and wanting to get nuts... It does oh, kind good. of nicely this into... So yeah, we are talking about the 1989 Obscure cult favourite. Yeah, it wasn't,
1: a, wasn't really a big hit. It was, no. I don't think many people it knew went. it
0: came out. A um, little bit of info, because obviously people don't know about it. Uh, Written by Sam Hamm and Warren Skarran. Uh Sam Hamm did the story as well. Based on characters created by Bob Kane... Uh, who is credited in the opening credits, who's not credited is Bill Finger, Jerry Robinson and Gardner Fox. Because, you know, they didn't do that then. I don't know whether they've ever amended the end credits to put them in. Um, and as it also appears in the opening credits, uh, based on characters upon characters appearing in magazines published by DC Comics Inc. Magazines, not comics. Unless they didn't want to use the word comics twice, because I guess I don't. literatively it's... But yeah, magazines always stood out to me. It's like we're ashamed of where this came from. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, fair point. We'll come back to that actually. Yeah. <laughs> uh, starring Jack Nicholson, Michael Keaton, Kim Basinger, Robert Wall, Pat Hingle, Billy Dee Williams, Michael Goff, and Jack Polans. Uh, released in cinemas on the 23rd of June 1989 in the US and the 11th of August 1989 over here. Can you imagine having to wait that long now? I did. cinematic, I did. yeah, oh. but with the internet. Oh. well, no, you just it'd, it'd be, be a fucking nightmare. Time wouldn't now, wouldn't it? But um, um, it was forever, mate. Honestly, forever. Uh, it grossed $411, 569, 241 dollars worldwide on an estimated budget of $35 million, according to IMDb. It won the Best Art Direction Oscar um, for Anton Furst and Peter Young. Roger Ebert gave the film two stars out of four, saying the movie's problem is that no one seemed to have any fun making it, and it's hard to have fun watching it. It's, de- it's a depressing experience. It's the, uh, it's the opposite of a com- uh, comic book, tragic book. And I also found one from Barry Norman as well, but it was written down on audio. Um, As Batman, the usually excellent Michael Keaton is blasted off the screen by Jack Nicholson, who in the role of the Joker dishes up enough ham to stock every branch of Sainsbury's. It's an outrageous performance, which throws the whole film off balance. And yet without it, Batman would be dismally flat. So critically, it didn't seem to be that well liked at the time, which is weird given how long the cinema queues were.
1: Yeah, and given that it, it was nominated for multiple awards and won multiple awards at various
0: things as well, it did. I only go focused on the Oscars because you know. Yeah. Yeah. It's, that's um, sort of the big one, and I do the Baftas when they come up. But yeah, it won a lot of other.
1: It's a funny thing, ones. Batman. Um, I mean, there's there's several bits to to this whole. Story about the film actually that that I think are important and and anyone that was and I've said this multiple times and I'll say it again because I honestly cannot remember a time before or after when there was such hype for a film like there, there just wasn't that that summer of eighty nine with Batman coming out was like unlike anything.
0: Oh, a, I've, I've got a note here about Batmania in '89 and '90 because yeah. it was everywhere. People were getting it cut into the bat symbol cut into their fucking heads.
1: Oh yeah, you couldn't go, couldn't
0: go anywhere. You, a kid you at school had go... it shaved in the back of his head. He had to be yeah. sent home.
1: <laughs> I, I mean the uh, the amount of merchandising that they did for for Batman was incredible, and part of that was that if you think about Batman as a character at the time, so unless you were a comics fan like ourselves. You know, and you, you had things like Killing Joke and, and Dark Knight Returns, which had reset the character into a bit more of a a kind of adult frame, as it were, and, and brought it into the, the kind of the common psyche being a bit more serious. But if you thought about Batman on TV or film, all you had to relate to, really, in modern times, was, was six, six Adam West, That's Kapow, it. Kablam. So everybody just thought Batman was a bit of a joke. You know, they just thought it was just a load of, like, silly nonsense and, you know, anti-shark spray and all that. And I think that's why Warner went as hard as they did on trying to make sure that they they really pushed it as being an alternative version of Batman, you know, a more serious and gritty yeah. version of Batman. And yes, just talking about the film, it's, when you watch it, I mean, I remember, again, you talked about it coming out in, in America, and this was the time when ITV started doing kind of like late night tv i think they'd start doing like all night scheduling and used to get fantastic stuff like you know you'd get america's top 10 cinema which was like you know the top 10 rundown um married with children you know you get wcw wrestling on there all these kinds of things that were on like the middle of the night and the, the top 10 i always used to watch the top 10 cinema thing because it you'd be waiting months to see these things arrive and you'd, you'd see what was coming, you know, you get the trails and you get, Oh, and Batman was just, there was for weeks and weeks before it came out, there was build up to it and you'd keep seeing snippets and Jesus, it was incredible. And then, then they'd start showing like, you know, cause it was number one for weeks and weeks and weeks in America. And you'd see all clips of the film and, and we had to wait till bloody August and, and it was, but of course, what that did do though, was it meant the hype machine in Britain went apeshit as well. Yeah. And it was everywhere. I mean, it was, I, I have never, ever seen anything like it. You know, and people talk about blockbusters now and stuff. And yeah, they may, they may gross lots more money. And there's lots of reasons for that. But there's never been a film that's been as hyped, ever. No. And, it, and it just built such an anticipation. And I remember queuing up to see it on the, the first night it was out i was in rill and i went with um with me mate uh salty i've talked about salty before we used to have this thing called 80 cinema club where we'd go every week and we went to see batman and we queued for fucking hours to get in because you couldn't buy tickets in advance
0: there. no i remember being a kid walking through town and just seeing the queue in the afternoon yeah. snaked and along the road to get into our cinema
1: I'm not joking, you know, any fire marshals listening, close your ears because people were sat on the, they were sat in front of the screen on the floor. They were sat all the way up the stairs. They were, you know, you had like two people per seat. It was just so oversold. It was unbelievable. And everyone, everybody in there absolutely loved it. And the only other time I've ever seen, had an experience like that, that when I've been in a cinema, it's been so thrilling to be part of that audience. Was Rocky 4, believe it or not? When honestly, it was exactly the same situation. When it was jammed, I mean jammed, and with the the great fight scene at the end, people were just—they were—it was like a genuine boxing match. People were up off the seats, and it was just incredible. And Batman was the same. You know, every time you saw the the first time you saw the Batman, every time you know you first saw Batman, oh, people were just—they were that like just going absolutely ape shit, and it was incredible absolutely yeah. incredible and it's not that great of a film if i'm honest
0: yeah yeah that's, that's great... something i've got to come back to later but um because yeah. yeah when you think the trailer's incredibly flat when you look at it now there's no music in it it's just a series of clips
1: But well, that sort again they must it, it, it together yeah because people started saying oh you know i mean there's a controversy with with casting michael keaton because people thought well he was known as a comedy actor and, yeah. you know, so, and, I mean, you probably don't believe it these days, but, you know, fans were actually going apeshit when they announced him as Batman, saying he's, he can't be
0: Batman, he's too yeah, it's small. it's the whole Mr. Mom Batman, wasn't it? It,
1: it it'd never happened now, would it? No, you know, when no. They announced someone, I mean, we're far more mature and intelligent to, to go screaming on the internet about...
0: The thing then was cast. that we actually had to send a letter in. <laughs> yeah, well, and
1: 50,000
0: people did. Yeah. Apparently
1: 50,000 people wrote to DC to complain and Warner oh. Brothers about Cause, his
0: casting. Yeah, because the film had been in development for a while, hadn't it? Cause it? at one point, Bill Murray and Ivan Reitman were allegedly attached to it. With Eddie Murphy as Robin. Yeah. Now
1: that, I, that I'd like to see.
0: That ran for a long time. They even carried on with that rumour for um, Batman Returns as well. Um, mm. There was a whole thing that allegedly they ca- um, started moving Robin Williams as the Joker, but that was just to get Jack Nicholson to sign on, but they yeah. didn't tell Robin Williams that they were using him for that. Mm. So... He, I think he's been burned by Batman several times because he was going to be the Riddler when it was going to be a Tim Burton film, mm. and then as soon as Joel Schumacher came on, that got dumped. I d- again, I don't know how far into it that got. Yeah.
1: Um.
0: But yeah, I know he's but, been stung by the Batman process several times.
1: <laughs> but to be to 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 clarify, said it's not that great of a film. I love it. I absolutely love Batman. I it's think it's hugely enjoyed movie. I, I think, personally, and I'm sure people will disagree, is the best on-screen interpretation of Batman that I've ever seen, because it has that element of of comedy. And now I talk about Batman, I don't just mean Batman himself, because obviously, really, when you watch the film, and I watched it again um, not long ago in preparation for this, it's more about the Joker than about Batman. And it's about those dueling personalities of two, you know, Two Basically, two loonies yeah. um, of light and dark that are, that are fighting each other. And it it's just captures everything about the spirit of the comics at the time and the spirit of Batman. And, you know, it doesn't play. It, it's not too serious, although it is dark and gritty. There's a lot of humor in it. You know, I mean, there's some absolutely brilliant lines I'm sure we'll come to later on in it. There's some some light relief. There's some darks. Some sinister stuff. There's there's some kind of quite frightening elements to it. The visual design of it, the look of it, it's the best Gotham Gotham City I, I think's ever been on screen. You know, I mean, absolutely just brilliant. The whole Art Deco approach to it. And yes, there have been interpretations later on that you could say are technically better, or the action's better, or the suits better, but. As far as capturing Bruce Wayne stroke Batman, I don't think Keaton, in in my humble opinion, has ever been better. I don't I really don't think, you know, because he isn't too serious. He does have that sort of element where you do think this guy is a bit unhinged, you know, Um, and I just find the whole thing a, a wonderful, wonderful experience. And yes, it's a bit ropey and clunky and some of the, you know, there are some plot holes in it and all the rest of it. Yes, Jack Nicholson steals the show, but he was always going to steal the show. I mean, that was always
0: part well, Yeah, you, of d- you don't cast it. Jack Nicholson and not...
1: <laughs> but say, my God, if you're going to steal the show, at least do it in the style that he does it.
0: Yeah, you know. that's it.
1: It's not like he steals the show in his shit as well. No. You know, it's just... It's not like a... Who's the geezer who played bloody Lex Luthor um,
0: recently? Oh, Jesse Eisenberg.
1: Oh, God almighty. <laughs> I mean, what, what, you know, what was that about? But... I do think it's the best Batman film that's ever been made, as far as as a cinematic version. But is it the greatest superhero film ever been made? I would probably say not, because I think that goes to that goes to Superman. Personally, I think you know the 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 Donner Superman original is for me, and in fact the first three of those I love. Um, but the first one I think is probably the greatest superhero film ever yeah. made, actually. But Batman is the greatest Batman film, and, and certainly the second in my opinion. of of how you make comic films
0: yeah i think you know as a straight adaptation of the character from the comics it's got the elements there but it's very much its own thing it's not the batman of the comics it's the batman of the films and i think it works better for that i mean i miss when comic movies were fun like that yeah as a comic book fan you can easily pick it apart and be like that ain't batman and that's fair enough but i've got that batman on the page so i don't mind seeing something different as long as it's got you know, the core of what that character is, you don't go changing shit for the sake of changing it for a film. Um I mean, I love this film. I I was nine going on to the age of 10 when it came out. Sorry. Shaking <laughs> um, me, I do. I know, I know. And I've got my Steelers top on as well, just to doubly offend you. But I did that in honour of Michael Keaton. Um, but yeah, um so I i knew the adam west and repeats of like super friends on one of the cartoon channels so that was my mm. batman so i was like that batman was scary as fuck and then batmania 89 none oh. of us had seen the film in primary school but we were all collecting the trading cards and yeah getting yeah. anything with it and if you piece together the trading cards it makes no sense because jack Nicholson's like white face skin face white face skin face kind of <laughs> thing you know, what the fuck is going on with the joker and you got the card of him electrocuting the guy. you like, this film looks scary as fuck. Yeah. It's like this ain't fucking Batman. And Batman looks scary because, uh, at a context, you've got him dangling a guy off the edge of a building. And you're like, I assume he's a bad guy, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. And no, obviously, I'm... being ten year olds, everybody was telling everybody fucking made up shit that wasn't even in the film. Like, yeah, Batman kills people. He just attacks innocent people as well. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> But it then I watched just, it, I absolutely adored it. Uh, there was a time where I was watching it at least twice a week. Yeah, I wore my it's VHC a, it's copy out my film. nan had to buy me a new copy. <laughs>
1: and, and you know, you've got to remember as well that it gave us not just Batman, the, the greatest, I think, again, just to piss people off, the greatest version of, of Batman that we've seen on, on film, but also it gave us the, the even better, I think, Batman Returns, which is technically a more superior film I love
0: and a Batman wonderful Returns. film. Batman Returns um, is probably my favourite of the two. But I've just the, always animated had a the animated series. The animated series.
1: You know, which again, I think is the, the greatest, one of the greatest total animated series
0: of any character I've ever seen. And the animated seen, movie yeah. that went with it, Mask of the Phantasm, yeah. is also oh, one of God, the best yeah. Batman films. Yeah, Basically, absolutely. we had a really nice sweet spot in 89 to about 94. We had a wonderful sweet spot of Batman. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and we're, And I feel really, as I get older um and things change and you see things and you see the hype machines crank up i i always go back to 89 as my kind of um you know barometer and go is this like it no is this that no and i feel so grateful that i lived through that time when things weren't spoiled by the internet things weren't yeah. spoiled by people bitching on social media before people have even had a chance to to do something um you know, you could go to the cinema and you could watch things like Ghostbusters, you could watch things like the Rocky films, You could you, Indiana Jones, and you didn't know everything that was going to happen. And then you didn't have to spend the next six months watching people moan about it and bitch about it because they didn't like it or there was something that they didn't feel was quite in character. You know, you, you had none of that. And it, it really was probably I don't think an innocent time is the right phrase. Certainly, a, uh, a more enjoyable time for for people like ourselves that just wanted to go and enjoy films. Yeah, I told that just... you were wrong. Like Star Wars, for example, yeah. where you know, I mean, I love all things Star Wars. I don't give a shit what anybody says. I I still think the last three films were were decent films in their own ways. Um, and people bitch and snitch about all that. And it's like I just haven't got time for it. You know See, what
0: I mean? I, I'm very much the it wasn't for me, but I'm really glad you enjoyed it. Approach. Yeah. Exactly. Just...
1: Because, you know, you it's
0: know. like
1: people watch stuff that I can't take to and but I don't rant about it. I don't really care. You know, it's like good on you. If you find something that speaks to you on whatever level, brilliant, you know, just enjoy it and don't let some child behind a keyboard spoil it for you. Well, by making you feel stupid or wrong. for NGO It's the arts.
0: whole thing of people having to be in camps now, isn't it? It's, it's I mean, awesome. you just got to look at where we are politically in that, not to get too much into that. But that's very much the mentality of everything now. It's like, oh, you like the Marvel films. You clearly don't understand yeah. comics. Bleh. It's like, yeah, fine, whatever. Well, you yeah, didn't I like mean, the Snyder you know, movies. You've clearly never shocker, read a comic.
1: I watched the Snyder Cut of Justice League um, over several bouts of ironing, I must add. <laughs> and you know, I really enjoyed it. I really I, did enjoy it. I thought it. it was perfectly fine. And and I, I liked I liked I mean, I don't think Snyder's, you know, people citing as ruining the DC universe. Like, let's be fair, DC have done a pretty good job of ruining the universe themselves over the last twenty, thirty years. Yeah. But well, I really enjoyed that film and all you ever see are people bitching and snitching about it. And it's like, well, don't watch it then. Do you
0: know I think I mean? the problem with those is there's such a toxic fan base within the Snyder fan base that it's kind of it makes it easier to give it a kick in yeah but again i watched it i was like it's not the masterpiece that they're telling me it is but it's perfectly fine there's bits in the cut that was released in cinemas that i prefer but yeah Yeah, some of
1: it's a bit long-winded and a bit overdone but do you know what when you watch it in several sections ironing your your you know your pants and stuff (laughs) it's pretty all right it's a pretty good film ain't no batman just to get us back on track, but you know. Um,
0: no, that was the one thing—the theatrical thing I had going for—it was when Affleck appears on the top of the Gotham roof. So you have got the Danny Elfman music play. Yeah. It was like, oh, oh. Yeah. Yeah. And because that Danny Elfman again, score is amazing, it's one of the best superhero scores. <clears throat> yes,
1: I mean the whole thing around Batman '89 musically is. Is and I know um, Danny Elfman and and you know Tim Burton were joined at the hip at the time. Did everything and and. But it was just such a tremendous score, and it actually has a bit of a throwback to the 34 serial as well yeah. when you listen to that that kind of opening. Duh, duh, duh. You know, it's just it's just so so well done, and that music, now even just think about it, it gives, it gives me shivers.
0: Do you know what I mean? It's the first film score I bought on CD, because so I couldn't yeah. give a fuck about classical music then, because, you know, being, what, 14, 15, being like, classical music it's boring. There's no lyrics. Yeah. Wankers. Yeah. <laughs> It was the first one when yeah. I found it in MV. I didn't even know you could buy the score. I just always assumed you had because sa- I had soundtracks with songs on and maybe a little bit mm. of the orchestral tunes, like one or two of them. But I had no re- idea you could actually buy scores. So when I saw it in MVC, mm. I was like, "Fuck, I'm all over that."
1: <laughs> yeah, and then of course to counter that as well, you also had the Prince album, the Bat yeah. Batman album, which again, you know is a tremendous album regardless well, of whether you, you 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 like it in the film or not because i know some people have issues with it appearing in the film quite a lot
0: see it doesn't bother me it fits the joker no, me. which is where it's mostly used so yeah but again i think that was um they went to prince and was like we'd like you to do that one on a track for the opening or the closing credits maybe a couple to use in the film when he went away and he came back with an album yeah which is what you and, do and prince. what an album you know yeah.
1: some of those songs are just absolutely Oh, fucking you know, Party Man, Man in the future Trust, and, Arms of Orion. Yep. Yeah, they're, just, they're just such great songs. And again, you know, it was the perfect package. It had something for everyone. It had, you know, I mean, it was the kind of film that that kids our age would absolutely devour. It had all the merchandise you could ever want. Um, yeah. Probably as much since, since like, Star Wars used to really hammer stuff out in the early 80s. Um it had it had a serious soundtrack. It had a Prince soundtrack. It had Jack Nicholson playing you know this crazy crazy character brilliantly. It had Michael Keaton being absolutely superb on that knife edge of you thinking he is actually quite insane, isn't he? Which again is the way I like Bruce Wayne Batman. You know this this trend to make Bruce Wayne too serious. It's, it's the, the people lean into it too much, you know, and it, it ruins the character because if, if you look at Bruce Wayne, you look at it from a kind of canon perspective about what would that guy grow up to be. is he's, he's a it's almost like a Michael Jackson scenario if you don't mind the phrase where you've got a guy that nobody would say no to and had all the money and resource he could possibly want and therefore could do anything he wants. He wants to build a, a fairground, he'll build a fairground. He wants to build a back cave, he can build a back cave.
0: Yeah,
1: and that element of that childishness would always be within him and that's what I think Bruce Wayne does he has that element of being quite childlike and, and Keaton captures that particularly in his relationships with women when you see him interact with Vicky Vale and people he has that naivety that you know he's not an international playboy he might act like one but actually you look at him and he's, he's, he's quite childlike in the way yeah. he approaches relationships and stuff and he just gets it so well yeah, he doesn't overplay it, and he doesn't put a stupid voice on. I mean, I love Christian Bale, but that voice, <laughs> fucking hell, well,
0: yeah, he just sort of knows his voice a little bit, doesn't he? But that's yeah. one of the things I wrote down because I rewatched the film this morning in preparation for this. Not that I really need an excuse to rewatch Batman, but but yeah, a lot of people always seem to be like, "Oh, he's a good Batman," but his Bruce Wayne was shit, and I thoroughly disagree with that. No, he plays it pitch perfect in this and in Batman Returns as well. Yeah, um, I love the bit at the party. Where he's like, doesn't know what to do with the pen. So he just stabs it in the thing. Yeah. I love the way Alfred's running around cleaning up after him at the fire. <laughs> but...
1: Another scene I love is the fact that, you know, um, when him and Vicky Vale are having sort of like a dinner and he's in that room and they, it, there's this massive table that he yeah. has to keep walking. They can't hear each other because the room's so big. And she's like, do you like eating? And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and he's like, don't think I've ever actually been in this room. before." <laughs> and And it's, and it's that genuine wonderment where he's looking around going, I actually don't think I've actually he you genuinely believe he's probably never been
0: in this room before. I do always it's wonder because if he doesn't got entertain, like you know, he doesn't it's yeah. just wonderful. Like, how often does he walk through that little armory room that he's got? Yeah. Uh, there...
1: I know, it's just everything about it is just so well done. And I think captured that that spirit of what Somebody growing up to be that character would would actually be like in, in as close to reality as you could get, um considering it's all fantasy. So please don't forget that. When you moaning about films,
0: you know. <laughs> when, it, when you tell us how better he could spend his money and in, instead of yeah. being
1: Batman. Oh, oh, the <laughs> great one. Yeah. well Why does he spend all his money? So yeah, you're right. That's a really, really good point. No one ever come that, up with that. Yeah, because we all know that people with money can save the world, can't they?
0: Yeah. I do love how, like, you know, wonderfully sharp and vacant he is at the same time. Yeah. As well. I love how, like, Alfred's not particularly discreet, but he's like, I think you want to go this way, sir. Yeah. And then how shit Alfred is when Vicky's like, I guess I'll see you guys when you get back. He's like, we're not going anywhere. Oh, no. I know. Think it through, Alfred. Yeah.
1: I mean, I've got to <laughs> That's say. That's worse uh, for me than
0: him letting Vicky Vale in the Batcave. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, Alfred's shit you, at covering on the fly.
1: Can you imagine now? People would, that would be it, wouldn't it? You know, they'd be going, that'd be it. You wouldn't I, be allowed love, to uh, watch the film.
0: I love Michael so. Goff as Alfred. He's brilliant. I love the bit where Knox gives him a tip. I love that about that little quirk about Knox as well. He's like, he doesn't know what to do with these things, so he just assumes you tip. Yeah. Just the way Alfred picks up the note.
1: <laughs> yeah. But that's what I mean. All the characters around, you know, you've got the Batman and you've got Joker, yes. All the characters around are really well Crafted, you know, they're really well acted, they're really well crafted. None of them have stupid Bane like voices, you know, that we got later on. It's like, what the hell is that? It's like, you know, even now I'm like, what, hey, I thought it was a joke at first. When I first saw a trailer, I thought somebody's done one of these comedy voiceovers, do you know what I mean? Like Eurotrash. And I'm like, oh no, that's actually the voice they're giving Bane, then that makes sense. But but the characters are so well crafted and so well written. And the interactions and and you know it, it just it had this broad span of appeal you know anyone growing up in in my era particularly would be aware of Kim Basinger and would have probably you know tried to grab a copy of nine and a half weeks because that's what you did it's, it's part of growing up um so when she was you know announced as playing Vicky Vale um because I believe it was Sean Young originally wasn't it and yeah she broke her arm the horse. riding a horse that she was doing for the film a scene in the film that yeah. they never even did <laughs> it's like
0: whoops well i think um, i think once they broke sean young they were kind of maybe we don't need this scene because it was meant to play in later that batman had ride a horse wasn't it It was meant to be a little dark knight returns nod yeah which i'm glad they didn't really well, he, he looks I, well, i'd have felt for the horse with that amount of armor piled on top of him yeah you that bat suit horse weighed horse a horse. ton so. <laughs> yeah don't kill me don't kill me man don't kill me don't kill me man I'm not going to kill you. I want you to do me a favour. I want you to tell all your friends about
1: me. What are you? I'm Batman. But, uh, yeah, it just had this very broad appeal. and, And even today, when you watch it, it's just a fun film. Yes, it's got issues. Yes, it's got, you know, as I said before, the things oh, you, you can pick
0: things apart in it. I mean, one I of the notes can... I made is when he has to stop the Batmobile in the streets all that shit's fallen down. It's like if something yeah. falls down in the street in Gotham, they do not fuck around in clearing it up because when he then calls for the car to come again, it's, spot, it's spotless. They've yeah. moved everything.
1: Yeah. But again, it's got the greatest Batmobile, I think, since 66. I
0: which, love that Batmobile. That and the animated Batmobiles, series of Batmobiles. The gorgeous oh, designs.
1: Absolutely brilliant. I mean... Even the Batwing is a great design, you know. Um, it's just there's just so many things to it that you can look at, and it's just. I suppose the sad thing is that some of the effects have aged a little bit poorly when you look at them, you know, when they've been upscaled and stuff now, and it
0: looks. Yeah, a little bit, like, I keep. don't mind that stuff so much. No, it's I like, don't. It doesn't bother me. I mean, it always took me out when the Joker falls to his death and he's animated. Yeah. It, yeah, it's it's up there with RoboCop with the stupidly long arms on a uh, mm. Ronnie yeah. Cox's when when he falls. But
1: that's true. That's true.
0: Well, but you just yeah. kind of at least it's nicely animated though. Oh, it's, it's brilliant. gorgeous. Come little on. bit of animation. Yeah,
1: but. I mean, there's a few because the, in the opening um, one of the opening scenes quite early on where. You see Batman's shadow on the rooftop and that's clearly animated, but it's lovely. It's done beautifully. You know what I mean? It's 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 really well done. It just stands out. I I do
0: notice early on Batman's very reactive to crime rather than crime prevention. He's like, I will watch this family get mugged. I'll deal with it later.
1: Yeah. Well, that was the great thing with Batman, because it opens with, you know, the Monarch theatre and you're thinking, oh, is this going to go into Batman's? um,
0: Yeah, it's very much set up. You're thinking it's the Waynes.
1: Yeah. And it isn't. And it's just it's just well done. And then, you know, I always remember sitting in the cinema going, "Oh, look at that thug! That's that's uh, Moxie from our Few Decent pet You
0: know." And uh, <laughs> get I him love spotting all those <laughs> British characters, or not even British characters, some of the Americans that lived over it. Um, William Hoopkins as Eckhart, and um, yeah. Matt McDonald as one of the goons. It's like Captain Hollister from *Red Dwarf*. <laughs>
1: yeah. It's just great. And and anything that's got Jack Palance in is always yeah. worth a watch as well, because he, he's still value for money. And Jack Nicholson, I think it's one of the best things he ever did. I mean, you could I mean, and I believe he was a bit of a pain in the ass when he did it, because, you know, he kind of it was that thing where he had to have top billing and he would determine his work hours and he had to have time up for Lakers games and stuff like that. But, you know, fair enough, Jack Nicholson.
0: I mean. Yeah, I, I suppose you reach reached that point in your career. Why not? If people are going to say yes to you having it, then you're going to try for it, aren't you? But
1: well, the end product is worth it, completely worth it. Because yeah. I think it's just the way he plays it is just fantastic. You
0: know? Yeah, cause I always felt that it was the right amount of Batman and Bruce Wayne. <laughs> I know that a lot of people said in a film called Batman, it should focus more on Batman. But Batman's kind of a mystery character. So sometimes yes. the less you know about him, the better. Yeah. And so to be honest, I've not seen the new Batman film yet, but I understand no, you've no, very little a, Bruce Wayne in it. So a,
1: a, a caveat saying it's the greatest Batman film I've ever seen, because I've not seen the new one. But I strongly suspect I'll come out when still the greatest film I've ever yeah. seen. Um, just simply because I can already see that that, again, you know, with the appetite these days that. Things have got to be a little bit more edgy, a little bit more serious. And back in 89, this was edgy and serious. You know, this was a complete departure, as we said. Oh,
0: yeah. it's. I mean, it's positively campy by well, today's standards. But then you were like, yeah. I'm never going to see a Batman film darker or grittier than this one.
1: What a film. And, you know, you're right. Nicholson gets I think the balance of Joker to, to Batman is, is good because actually the whole point is, you know, it's the Joker that's driving the story. He's yeah. the one that's trying to basically poison Gotham with a mixture of chemicals in, in makeup and stuff. And you know, you see, if you if you take all that out and just have Batman, what are you going to have, what are you going to have him doing? Just sitting around the Batcave and walking around the mansion, not knowing where he is. And you know, there's not a lot you can really do with Batman. He has to be a reactive character. He has to be the one that works out what's the problem. Yeah, and how do we solve it? That's the detective element, and you get a little bit of that in this as well, where you know he's the guy that works out it's the combination of of chemicals and in, in the, the makeup or whatever, and it's cleverly done because it doesn't overplay it. Where you know,
0: well, no, because you could have easily had your CSI montage of been figuring all that shit out, but yeah, it would have slowed the film right down exactly, and. Like you say, Jack Nicholson's is just so entertaining. It? Even tiny little bits where he's just sat there when Jerry Hall comes home the season for the first time, he's like, "Honey, you'll never believe what happened to me today." Yeah. And just the way she glances, he's just like,
1: "Huh." Oh. And you know, some of the some of the greatest lines I think he's ever delivered. Yeah. You know, there's so many that you can quote. I mean, I was watching it as I say, and, and there's so many lines that you can quote in there. You know, even simple things like, you know, Uncle Bingo, it's time <laughs> to pay, and and of course, the, the, my favorite of all is never rub another man's rubarb. You know, and it's it's the again, it's that juxtaposition between Michael Keaton trying to play crazy Bruce Wayne because he's got a plan to get out of there, and he knowing he knows that he needs to push Joker, and and just Jack Nicholson's Joker being completely and utterly insane. I mean, the most yeah. insane since Cesar Romero. You know what I mean? It's like, and he captured that spirit in what he did as well that madness because Cesar Romero is that as a joke he used to frighten the shit out of me as a
0: kid
1: yeah. like really and not just because he used to paint his moustache
0: yeah that freaked me out as a kid that is yeah, really but
1: yeah but
0: it's it, it like he had a weird top lip. Scary.
1: you know I mean a lot of those 66 villains in the tv show Batman were genuinely scary yeah you know um and he captures that and he is psychotic you know, and he will just kill you and doesn't care. And that's that he's got nothing to lose. It's like that like, great thing. I've been dead once. Yeah, very Yeah. Oh, yeah, that was it. Yeah, it's very deliberate. And and you think, yeah, you know, and he's got nothing to lose and that makes him even more dangerous. And
0: um, well, Yeah, because my problem with his joke was always that he seemed too sane. But then the... Watching it again today and the last few times I've rewatched it, it's like, no, he's very... There's an... Un, in his calmness there's Mm. a real uneasiness to it and i think having seen like the whacking phoenix joker and particularly the jared leto joker where you can see how far you can go that way um i know people like the whacking phoenix joker and that's fine but um yeah just seeing this weird even the heath ledger one i love the heath ledger joker Mm. but just that weird calmness really stands out now with Jack Nicholson, now that you've seen these other yeah. people trying to push it as far as they can push it into insanity. Because yeah. generally that's like insane sociopaths are quite calm and there yeah, is exactly. a certain point of view where you're like, yeah, I wouldn't mind hanging around with them until they try and fucking kill me.
1: Well, it's that thing in it where, you know, they say, and pardon the, the phrasing, I'm sure somebody will tell us off for this, but, you know, mad people, people who act mad, never genuinely mad. It's the people who don't act mad.
0: Yeah, it's the whole yeah, catchphrase. You, you spot thing, her a it? bit off that insane people don't high. know they're insane.
1: Yeah, and and he's the same. You know, he he plays it so well. Um, and as I say, he's got so many great lines he delivers, and and it's not just that. It's the little looks he gives, and I mean, I can't remember. There's a there's a particular scene where they're talking about something really serious, and then it, he finishes it by using you know it's like one of those squeaky blowout things. Yeah. <laughs> he just finishes a thing.
0: This tiny cinema, and, and you're like, what? What? And it's
1: just, it's just so like flips from deadly serious to complete bonkers, and it, it just the whole thing is just great. And you know when he's dancing around the art gallery, um, that whole scene to party man, it's just so well done, and you can tell he's just enjoying himself. And it, that's the thing with the film, it's just. You know, it's two hours of just fun and it flies well, by yeah, as that's well. Where I it absolutely really flies by.
0: But, yeah, that's where I disagree with Roger Ebert because it does look like people had fun making it. They may not have done, but it does look like people have fun yeah. making it. And I have fun watching it. Like you say, that whole Party Man scene from gentlemen, let's broaden our minds to Batman smashing through the even after Batman smashes through. the. Yeah. Although I do kind of feel that maybe Batman should have got there a little bit quicker and maybe saved those lives. <laughs> yeah. True. or just putting a phone he's going to attack the museum let's maybe get everybody out
1: <laughs> yeah he's probably stuck in a room in the manor he couldn't get out probably of.
0: takes a while to put that rubber suit on to be fair
1: I can imagine yeah
0: yeah. I struggle pulling my jeans on sometimes so. well that's
1: it isn't it you know if you've ever tried getting wellies on and off
0: then um... just cut to a scene of him and Alfred trying to put the and suit
1: on <laughs> for all we know as well I mean to be fair to him he might have got kitted up ready to go and then he might go oh, need a wee you know there's another 20 minutes gone isn't there Sick. you know
0: so one uh, thing this film was missing from the '66 series. I wanted to see Alfred in the bat suit. Always used <laughs> to love that in the '66 series where Alfred would dress up as Batman and no one would notice he suddenly got the well,
1: moustache. Well, you wouldn't, would you? He was an old man. Yeah, he was about six foot tall and eight stone. Oh, uh, no, it was brilliant, absolutely brilliant. But yeah, it's a, it's a great film, and, and I think if people have never seen it, I mean, you know, again, it's not like when we talked about Monster Squad, isn't it? Um, you've got to know what you what you're getting yourself into yeah. to really enjoy it and i think the danger is people watching batman now is that they'll compare it to all the other interpretations of batman that have been since this is the, and with it, the you nolan can't do films that
0: is that you people can't stop do... making fun comic book movies i like i like yeah. the nolan films for what they are but i also miss I even miss like the shit comic book movies where you were like, "We're finally getting a Daredevil movie." It's like I may never see another Daredevil on the screen. Yeah, so yeah. you sort of go to it and you enjoy it from yeah. what it is. But yeah, see, I
1: couldn't, I couldn't get through the Nolan movies. They bored me. They were just too long and too.
0: I, it's just this static. whole. How can we take this character and ground him in reality? It's like it's a yeah. guy that. Dr- it was always my one of the things that always stuck with me when they were interviewing George Clooney on the set of Batman and Robin. Whereas, like, if you had Batman running around New York, no fucker would notice. No. It's like it's true. You wouldn't.
1: <laughs> no. No. You'd it's you it's just, just be um,
0: another one of those guys that you get on the street who dress up as a superhero. And...
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And I just think it's it's important that people if they are going to watch this and they haven't seen it and I can't believe many people this wouldn't have seen it. But if you do watch it, watch it with an open mind actually. This isn't this isn't the DC universe that is now it's DC dark and all that. Stuff. It isn't Batman growing a mustache and riding a fucking horse and <laughs> all this shit that they do in the comics now. That just, just stop me reading them, to be honest with you. And I love Batman. I and mean, Batman and Superman, my two favorite.
0: Yeah. Two heroes, and again, Batman this edges
1: is... it. We've had this chat before, but I can't. I can't read Batman now. I don't. I just can't. I just can't do it. It's been fucked around that much that it's just lost. I I, I go back and read the old stuff and just reread that. Again, I love the dodge.
0: post-crisis stuff. That was the perfect balance of really dark, like things like Colt. It's dark as fuck. Well, it probably isn't by today's <clears> standards, <throat> standards. Again, but reading that as a kid, I was like, "This ain't fucking Batman. This ain't Batman." <laughs> mm. And stuff, even Venom, yeah. the Batman story Venom, where he gets hooked on Venom, yeah. such a dark fucking story. But at the same time, it's and fairly it, light it, tone. Certain comics to disappeared at their own fucking ass. What?
1: And and it's like, there's no creativity, is there? It's like, you know, oh, I've got a, a great new shocking bat story. And you're like, so that'll be Bane then, or the Joker, or something to do with fucking Catwoman again. And it's boring. It's like, you know, it's the nobody with any creativity out there. But, you know, when they first brought Bane into the, into the Batverse, that was so exciting at the time. Yeah. And then they ruined it. But, you know, you kind of think... There's room for more creativity in comics and particularly in mainstream comics like Batman and Superman and things like that, where you can, you know, you can really, really push the envelope. But they don't. They just keep going back to the the, the well. And I'd, I'd, I would have been really interested to see what somebody like Tim Burton would have done with a character like Bane. Yeah. You know, I I think that would have been really, really interesting because I think he would have. A, I don't think it would have had a, a voice like he'd been sucking on helium. Um, and, and B, I just think he would have actually got character more. He would have understood the character more. And I think he would have played it. I, I think he'd have just played it at the right level of, yeah. you know, taking into account Bane's background and, and what made him what he became and why he had this obsession with with breaking Batman and stuff. And I think he would have really captured that. In that dark but humorous way. Yeah. I, I just think it would have been a great um great version. The other the other thing that always disappoints me when I think back to Batman is that I always see Billy D. Williams and think, you know, as much as I like Tommy Lee Jones, what a what a two faced Billy D. Williams would have made.
0: Yeah, I oh, mean that was the one thing with why? the Lego Batman movie, it was like at least he finally gets to be two faced. Why because that was the whole that? reason Billy D. Williams signed on. Because I yeah. from what I understand from so on one of the DVDs, there's an interview with Robert Wall where he says that he got a very nice fucking payoff mm. to be bought out of his contract at least, but the whole reason he signed on to be Harvey Dent in Batman was that he would not be understanding that he would eventually become Two-Face. And that would have been amazing to see.
1: Yeah, it, it would. It would have just been so good. Um, And you can just see he's just, I mean, I'd, I'd stopped hating him at this point, because obviously returning the Jedi had redeemed Wando And So <laughs> at this point, I, I no longer despised him. But he's so smooth and cool in it and he's got every and you just think oh, I'd love, i would love. i was when i was watching it again i was thinking it's such a shame that you know he he wasn't given the chance and because and, even the two-faced with tommy lee like i say he's a great
0: actor but oh, the,
1: the the characterization was just rubbish because the film yeah, was
0: rubbish basically the problem with that i rewatched watched batman yeah. forever the other a couple of weeks ago because it was on one of the tele channels on sky and i was just like i haven't watched this for a few years i'll give it another go because that's the one i tried to introduce the kids to because it's not batman and robin bad but i love, i was like it's eh, not great and then the last time I watched it i quite enjoyed it for what it was i remember the 95 hype around forever which was nowhere near the yeah. 89 hype but there was like a new renewed interest in batman in that yeah. period and the problem with Tommy e. jones and jim carrey is that they're both trying to act out- on each other yeah yeah, and neither of them. It, it doesn't work, they both do. cancel each other out. Yeah. They're just both and fucking annoyed. There's again, he's got some nice moments in it. Um I love the whole if the bat wants to play a little bit uh, less play and the wrecking ball comes through and all that. But mm. it's just well, I mean he barely has one personality, let alone two. As yeah. Jim Bruce Wayne Nespa Most of the time.
1: Let me tape this guy I know, Jack. Mean kid. Bad seed.
0: Hurt people. I like him already. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the problem was he got sloppy. You know, crazy. He started to lose it. He had a head full of bad wiring, I guess. Couldn't keep it straight up here. He was the kind of guy who...
1: I couldn't hear the train till it was two feet from him.
0: You know what happened to this guy, Jack? What?
1: Made mistakes. And then he had a... Now you wanna get nuts! Come on! Let's get nuts. Tell me something, my you ever dance with the devil in the pale moonlight? What? I always ask that of all my prey. I just like the sound of it. <laughs>
0: Never rub another man's rhubarb. <laughs> I mean, sort of briefly on that then, so obviously we had the sequels, so you had Returns, which mm-hmm. I love Returns, like say yeah we should do that for a long time
1: that's such a good film and it's as i say technically should we put that
0: in for our christmas one
1: i think we should because it is a christmas film and it is it is that is scary that is a dark scary film actually um and it's just so good yeah you know it's just so good it is i mean i love batman but i love batman returns equally Um, for different reasons, and it's just so well
0: done. Batman Returns was the first one I saw at the cinema, so again, I always have a special place in my heart for that. But yeah, Yeah. then obviously, everybody freaked out over the Penguin and the black shit coming out of his mouth, so they sort of talked Tim Burton out of wanting to do another one, (laughs) and went with Batman Forever, which was (sighs) fine for what it is, but it's very much aimed at a different audience. Then, everything went off the rails with Batman and Robin, but you also had the newspaper strip that was by Max Allen Collins and Bill Mesner uh, Loebs, with art by Marshall, Marshall Roberts Carmen um, Infantino, yep. and John Nyberg. Sorry, I can't read my own name right in there. That ran, I remember running, pretty sure it was in the Daily Express over it. It must have been, because that's the only way I would have seen it, because that's the tape, right. tape my granddad used to get. <laughs> And I never saw them because um, no, and they've never rec- collected them together. Unlike other Batman strips, they've never collected them together. But it was loosely sort of followed, so you, it carried the continuity. But they all looked like they do in the comic book instead. Right, and they eventually right. brought um, the joke about And then obviously you've got the new Batman eighty nine series, which I think we've had three ish, three or four issues of, and I think it's we've been had four delayed now. Yeah. And yeah, five's meant for to come out this month.
1: Yeah. Which I have quite enjoyed. I know, I know, Dan wasn't keen, but I've actually quite enjoyed them. Um, it's, it's fine it's
0: the problem it i have smash. with it is the same that i had with the superman 78 one is that yeah. yes this is interesting to look at but it's lacking that one key thing that is the performance of michael keaton
1: interestingly um with the superman one there's a, there's a couple of points in that where i was reading it and i thought actually that is very christopher reeve yeah that, that you know that the way that superman behaves or oh can yeah behaves
0: just... i think it's just lacking that, that Christopher Reeve performance, but yeah, yeah, okay. I mean, this is closest we're ever going to get to it. Same with yeah. the Batman eighty nine. It's the I closest.
1: I don't think we're ever gonna get. There's, there's actually been a lot of Batman in Batman eighty nine. To be fair, <laughs> <laughs> the people complained about him not being in the film. Don't read the comic then, cause, um, but it is it's still enjoyable and it's it's more
0: about how... I, the it, I like the little crap. references between the two comics as well. There's a reference in yeah. Batman set one, of the Batman seventy eight that references the Batman eighty nine one or oh, Superman seventy eight. Sorry. I mean, I am vice versa. I quite like those little nods. Yeah. And I like the. There's a thing for all the different Batman, and then they've drawn the likeness, all the different people that were playing Batman. So you've got a Val Kilmer likeness, you've got a George Clooney likeness. Yeah. I like yeah, that no, little touch as well. I quite like it. I, I, I don't think. Again, it's, it's fine. One of those it's not going to set the world on fire, but no. it's perfectly enjoyable. It's a bit like the Batman movie. It's perfectly mm-hmm. enjoyable, but if you start to overthink it. <laughs> well, the
1: other thing why we're on comics and stuff is that Batman. Um, 1989, obviously, had probably, arguably, one of the greatest comic adaptations that have ever been made yeah. into a comic. I mean, it was absolutely stunning. You know, 64 pages of just brilliance.
0: By but the him. artwork is amazing. And you know Denny why? Because Jack Nicholson signed everything oh, off.
1: God, yeah, he did. Yeah, because Jack Nicholson. Would, he wouldn't he check because Apparently, they
0: but... get notes back with like, "This it doesn't look like me." From Jack Nicholson. Absolutely
1: fantastic.
0: Just, ideas is just, amazing. I bought the hardback as well, where you've got the yeah. pencil pages next to the finished color ones, I, which kind of breaks it up to read. But I've got my original edition to read, so this one's yeah. more a look and yeah. compare kind of job. If if you listen
1: to this and you've never seen the the Batman adaptation, um, pick it up. I mean, it's not the, the original doesn't cost that much. I don't think you can get yeah, it. You probably
0: cheap. get it for a couple of quid on um, eBay, or probably find well, the deluxe version that, that you're talking cons. about with
1: the sketches, definitely worth picking up. And again, yeah. that's not expensive. And it is beautiful. I mean, they had pencil work and stuff. I mean...
0: It's got, I mean, I love Jerry there, anyway, anyway.
1: There are very few kind of comic adaptations that you see that you think are really good. And I mean, I know they did this because they, they basically realised they'd fucked up with Superman, haven't they? where they yeah. hadn't done an adaptation of the film. Um, yeah, I think
0: they did Superman 4 was the first one. I think one so, yeah. Three, I think 3, didn't they do 3? They I'm might sure. have done. I know I had the Quest for Peace one. Mm. And I was like, this is better than the yeah. <laughs> Yeah, true. But um it's just
1: one of those great, great comics. And I think it's it's up there. And I, I think there are only a, a small number of comic book adaptations that I think really capture everything. And the other one is is the uh the alien one, you yeah. know, which is just oh my god. I mean I, I I was lucky enough to get um one of the kind of um artist editions of the alien.
0: Yeah, I saw you post oh, that. My
1: god you know when i'm feeling really really depressed about artwork and stuff i look at that and then realize i am actually quite shit um and it's just oh god it 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 horrifies you and thrills you at the same time you yeah. know it makes you want to go and draw and then you get depressed that actually you can't draw like that but it's beautiful and that that batman comic book is again it's just wonderful and there's little bits in there that obviously jerry could do that you couldn't do in the film you know the yeah. scene with joker falling is better the ending where you know it, it in the movie it ends with that great iconic um visual shot of the bat
0: scene on batman that was my last note i love that i love the music i love the way it pans yeah. up the building i well, love vicky vale's last line as well or alfred and vicky's last exchange with the uh you know mr Wayne told me to tell you you'd be late thought, i'm not yeah. a bit surprised and then it pans up
1: yeah and uh, but i always i always wanted and and Daft in it, you have this cannon in your air but I always wanted to see him kind of just go off the edge at the very end. So he stands yeah. there, and then he he's off, and he does not well, that. He just stands there, but in the comic book, he does actually off. You know that that's, final. That's the one was, thing
0: I've always missed is you've never seen Batman like throw a grapple and line out and just start swinging through the streets. That's why I got really excited in the trailer for Batman Begins, where it looks like he's swinging <laughs> through the streets, and it's not. It's the bit where he's dangling from the bottom yeah. of the train. But I was like, finally, we're gonna see Batman like swinging through the streets like fucking Spider Man, which would probably <laughs> look ridiculous in. <laughs> It looks amazing in the comics, but... It does. It does. But, uh,
1: yeah. But, no, it's just... it's just. I don't know. It was just the genesis for so many great things. You know, we talked about the animated series and, and stuff like that. And, again, if you've never seen the animated series and you've never seen Mask of the Phantasm, then you, you... I mean, you could watch Mask of the Phantasm and then you could watch something like, you know, one of these modern takes where they yeah. did, like, the killing joke and they killed it, basically, didn't they? It was terrible, you know.
0: Oh, it's yeah. just so flat beyond well, the whole unnecessary the that we don't adaptation. Adaptation. you
1: know. Yeah, that whole well,
0: thing, but yeah.
1: But it's just, you just look at that and the craftsmanship. And again, all that, you know, they freely admit, don't they, that all that look and design was spawned from Tim Burton's, yeah. you know, um world. And, you know, going back to the set design, you know, and, um, Anton first and that. I mean, I, I went to... Uh, I don't know if you ever went to that DC Superheroes that was on at like, the Millennium yes. Dome a few years ago, and yeah. they had those massive charcoal drawings of Gotham City. And,
0: yeah.
1: Oh, my God. I, I mean, you just look at it and think... That Fuck.
0: DC experience was just too much of good stuff, wasn't it? It's like I know yeah. you could stay there as long as you could, but I was just overwhelmed at certain points because I looked look at all this amazing comic art. Look at all this amazing set design.
1: I know. Oh, look, there's a Dave McKean page from Arkham Asylum. And oh look, all those years when I wondered how did he paint, you know, that kind of Hessian for the Scarecrow so well, it's because he didn't, it's because he actually did collage and put Hessian and painted over it. And it's just, it's just beautiful. Yeah. You just, you just look at that stuff and you stand there. I mean, H and I went and we went really early. We were first ones in, Um, like kind of mid, I think we went on a midweek and it was dead and there was like literally us and one other guy in there, you know, and it was just, oh, we spent hours. You just Same when hours. we went,
0: because you don't want people fucking waiting behind you no. to get in, because it really ruins the whole experience for you. I took yeah. so many photos. I think I took a photo of everything.
1: Yeah, it's just such a good.
0: Because uh, again, they're really good about letting you take photos. Yeah. Some things would be like you cannot take any photos of any of this shit. I've That's been to a few that. things there, and <laughs> but
1: yeah, you know the the Star Wars costume one, and and you know they did um, what was it? Oh, they had a Great Prince one there a few years ago as well. Where we have got to hold Prince's guitar and oh, nice. you know all that sort of but it's it's a great venue that for yeah. as an i don't know if it's still well it's probably blown away now isn't it but yeah. um, i know they were refitting everything out and i don't know if they kept that museum bit but they had some great events on
0: in there I think they still do exhibitions there but... Mm, but that dc one is one of the greatest i think i've ever that's seen that's everything i've dreamed of an exhibition like that being to be honest yeah beyond I mean, a having a little kid. thing where i can watch people actually drawing shit yeah
1: <laughs> you know i'm i'm a dc mark
0: yeah, every day, same. you
1: know, I mean, I love Marvel stuff, but I'd, I'd always choose DC in a fight. Yeah. And that was just the greatest thing ever, you know, to see those original pages from, from you know, the 70s and 80s. And, oh, Jesus, you know, it's just even thinking about it now. I'm, I'm going to have to dig the catalogue out and have a look <laughs> through it after. <laughs> I, yeah,
0: I bought but, the catalogue um, as
1: well. But again, you know, you, you, look at, you look at a lot of the stuff that came from Tim Burton's Batman and it was just incredible incredible you know the guy just absolutely was the right person at the right time to take that project forward and you
0: know yeah because I love Ivan Reitman but I can't imagine an Ivan Reitman Batman film well I can't imagine Bill Murray as Batman I think you know and and Eddie Murphy's Robin I'd
1: like like to see it in alternative universe I'd love to see that film you know um it would probably be terrible. You know. I,
0: I think by Bill Murray's own admission, he was attached for like five seconds at most. Yeah, it was it wasn't as much as people making H.P. Because I mean, I know Peter said that he was approached to play.
1: Yeah, and I would imagine Beth- the Eddie Murphy story is the same because he was he was like shit out at the time.
0: I, I imagine once hills cop broke.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, whatever happened to that film? I think you I should get know. someone talking about that, Stuart. Maybe you should. Um, but um, you know, it, it just there's just so many things about about. The whole film about you know the the bravery of casting Keaton and and sticking with it you know when everyone was writing furious letters um you know and and like the music even letting Prince do the soundtrack and you know getting Danny Elfman to do the score and you know which was standard Tim Burton stuff but again he just didn't care did he he was like no this is this is what I do this is how I work this is how I operate and he was just the perfect mix for the time and and probably wouldn't if it came out today probably wouldn't be as much fun because you know you'd probably look back and go it's all right you know it's a bit cheesy but at the time it was groundbreaking you know i don't think people realize how groundbreaking it was and it set the tone for superhero films today you wouldn't have what you've got today if it wasn't for tim burton's batman because they'd already fucked over superman and ruined that
0: franchise
1: well, yeah, because Superman wasn't
0: back. a big jumping-off point. I know once Superman came out, they then started mm. developing the Batman, because the Batman yeah. film took about 10 years' worth of development. But you think Superman, there wasn't a whole slew of comic book movies after that. No. Whereas after no. Batman, we had, obviously, I mean, we did a whole summer specials on it with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Dick Tracy, The yeah. Shadow, Rocketeer, all of that. And often, what did they I all have in Dick common? Tracy kind of killed the that's why you don't see the kind of mania that you did with Batman because yeah. dick tracy tried to replicate or not necessarily intentionally tried to replicate it but i think there is an element of it where they were like batman had all this merchandise and we'll do the same we do because he yeah. did because they had the madonna al- yeah. uh, concept album they had the soundtrack album as well and then they had the danny album score so dick tracy went one up and had three albums two of which are terrible and yeah. <laughs> actually now the madonna one's all right um but yeah and that sort of imploded that relatively quickly as i think i don't even think the batman returns marketing hype was as high obviously you had the figures tying in again but that was still building off of the yeah batman figures from that but
1: yeah and and again you know when you look at films that came after and films that, that even today i mean you can trace line back to elements of batman 1989 yeah. you know even you know they, this thing people have about the dark DC universe, and it's all oh, it's all depressing. And it's like, well, you know, there's an element of that that you can trace directly back to Batman. And and then on the flip side, you know, even Marvel with some of the more amusing um, films. I mean, I love Thor Ragnarok. Yeah. I think it's a great film. I just think it's really good fun. Yeah. I'm not a particularly big Thor fan. I think um, is it Chris Helmsworth? Hemsworth? Yeah, Hemsworth. I think he's brilliant in it. I think he plays it brilliantly. Um, I think
0: they found the right tone for the character. I like the and, first Thor film, and I, the second one's alright, but they're a little bit. Yeah. But again, at times.
1: that that comedy element, you can again, you can draw a line. You know, you can you can go through the forbidden door of Marvel to DC and draw it back to to some of the stuff in Batman and go, yeah, that's where that element of you can see with it that they thought this comedy stuff can work in the right context with a bit of peril and drama.
0: What's well, it? Even pre MCU Blade. Hmm? it's stuff full of comedy as well yeah yeah uh, it's, it's not quite as in your face as the mcu online as that everybody likes to pull up as an example of where they're not you know serious So like, no, they're
1: fun everybody's serious aren't they i mean everybody you know the whole world's serious you know um as batman would say you know well bruce wayne life is you know, very complex isn't it you know and uh, you've got some light and dark but
0: it's, it's, it's little just... elements of humor in this but well. i love the whole thing where they've got batman unconscious and bob the goon's like check his wallet yeah <laughs> <laughs> i just love the idea that he's like yeah this guy's clearly got a wallet on him somewhere yeah
1: yeah it's just brilliant it's just brilliant everything about it is just brilliant and i just think it it, it never fails to make me smile and again it I'm not saying it's the greatest superhero film ever made. I'm not saying it's the greatest um, interpretation of Batman that we've ever seen in any kind of media. What I'm saying is that it will always have a really special place in my heart. And I think for anyone that was lucky enough to live through that crazy bat summer, will have the same view that it means a lot to them because it will take you straight back. The only thing about Batman that, that I still get a little bit irked about is if you look at the films that came out in 1989 that got absolutely just sideswiped by Batmania, you know, Last Crusade, which is an absolutely wonderful film, um, grossed more money, but yeah. actually wasn't as popular as far as, you know, in the in the psyche of, of people. Ghostbusters 2, absolutely brilliant film.
0: Well, I see, that was a jam-packed oh. summer. Licence to Kill really got yeah. a kick in from all three of those. And Honey, I Shunk yeah. the Kids. <laughs>
1: But Ghostbusters 2 failed miserably in in the context of the box office because of Batman. And then that that scuppered the whole Ghostbusters franchise, I mean, plus other things. But, you know, that was one of the reasons we never got the the great Ghostbusters 3 that that they tried to to resurrect. um, Thankfully we had Afterlife, which I really enjoyed as well. But, you know, see, there's these things and you look at that list of films that came out and you think, Christ, what a year for movies that was. And it's just, I don't know, it's just everything about it just makes me smile even just talking about it now is making me smile just thinking about it you know and even kim basinger who you know sometimes could be out acted by some of the furniture was really good in it yeah you know uh, she was was really good um the bizarre thing with her (laughs) just that throwback to that sexy siren kind of thing you know what more do you want
0: because she insisted on having her own or i don't know if she insisted but she had her own costume designer and her costumes look a little yeah. bit out of place with everything else. She sort of, well, I mean, that was possibly the idea for her to stand out. But there's certain things like you kind of, I think um, there was an interview with Matt McDonald where he's like, he turned to one of the other go- guys playing one of the goons and so she so she's just walked out of CNA. Yeah. And you sort of but, look at it, you're like, yeah, she does a bit. <laughs> but yeah.
1: But the interesting thing, though, and the reason why I don't think it stands out that much unless you're looking for it, is because you can't actually place Batman in an yeah. era. Because oh, no,
0: it's got this weird timeless it's quality, it's hasn't
1: it? Wonderfully done in, in the respects that it could be the nineteen thirties, the fifties, the eighties. It could be the future. Yeah. You know, the line think about the future comes up quite a lot. Um and it doesn't have a, a an easily definable period when you go, Well, this is obviously setting blah. Yeah. And that that again, I think, is part of why it still appeals today, because you can watch it. And it doesn't look dated because it always looked sort of dated. It always it. looked a bit out of its time because you don't really know what its time is. You know, and it leans heavily on the Art Deco sort of designs and colours and, you know, the palettes. And it's just everything about it is just like, I just I just love it. I just love the film. I really do. And, and you know, it makes you kind of sad that we don't get films like that anymore. You know, comic book films are either wacky you know, they play for laughs all the way through, or they're just so like serious. That yeah. And I mean, the other trouble rarely is that they do all feel like problems. they're
0: chasing a sequel. This yeah. one doesn't feel like it's chasing a sequel. I'm sure in the back of their mind, they were <laughs> like, if this one works, we can obviously get Batman films for years out of it. Mm. But it doesn't feel like it's doing that. There's no kind of like laying the groundwork for what will come in the next film. And yeah. I just loved that it. it gave time for characters like Knox. I love the character of mm. Knox. Yeah. And played by a different and, actor, who could have easily been a really sleazy, creepy character.
1: Yeah, and he plays it. Um, he hams it up to the right amount. Yeah. Where he is that annoying caricature of a, you know, of a, of a, a kind of gobby reporter always yeah. after the scoop. But it's it's like it's so well observed. It's so well done, you know. And again, it seems it, that and it's a caricature right? of the of that kind of person. That's yeah. the point of it, you know. Noon, he's a bit over the top. It's like, but that's the point. You know, he yeah, it could have easily
0: walked out like a his girls Friday or something like yeah, that. It's,
1: it's it's like that J Jonah Jameson thing, isn't yeah. it? You know, where he's the extreme of what you would expect a newspaper editor to be, but it's a brilliant character, you know, when played right. And I think it's been played brilliantly in, in the Spider-Man films. Yeah. Was, several times. Um, It's just a great, great character to watch. And it's fun. And, and, that's the same with this and i just think if you've never seen it you know it's a great saturday night it's a proper saturday night film yeah um
0: yeah nitpicking. i mean any nitpicking i'm doing is based on multiple rewatches over the last well that's going to be getting on for 35 years soon isn't it but
1: <laughs>
0: just to make us feel even older <laughs> yeah but i know blimey and yeah it's, i mean i don't know yeah, I mean, and it was the film that gave us the 12 certificate in this country as well. <laughs> it did, yeah. It was, it was this, and then another superhero film over a decade yeah. later, what was the 12A with Spider-Man. But yeah. I love that they looked at this film, and they were like, we want to be able to get younger people to it, but, you know, so we don't want to... See. It really annoyed me that it was a 15 when it came out on video, so I had to have my yeah. mum buy it.
1: yeah. I'm not quite sure about that. I've quite
0: understood the whole ratings. Yeah, they didn't bring the 12 certificate onto video until. Right. Five or so years later when they finally made it. It was just 12 in the cinema and then 15 on video. Oh, yeah. Because I, I was. Guess, um, because it's easier was, to please in the cinema, but.
1: I was 16 when I went to see it. Um, And, oh, God. I loved it. I was obsessed with that. I, I, I wish I still had them. I had, like, load of t-shirts that tied into the film you know there was one that you know with the with the joker with the street face and it's like you, you can't make an omelet without breaking some eggs I did, obviously the logo t-shirt and they're worth a fortune now yeah like, original site like, thinking jesus I, I chucked a load away because i wore them out basically and i was thinking the other day it's funny because i was looking at um say it's 35 years since sign of the times and i was thinking on my wall growing up at that time i'd um i had a frank Zappa poster I had a Sign of the Times poster and I had the Batman um, logo poster. It's yeah. all they used. With, with, and I, I remember it having the date of August the 11th on it. Yeah, it didn't
0: even have Batman on it, did it? It just had the no. symbol. And, Gorgeous and, poster.
1: And again, you know, an original one of them's worth a few quid now. And yeah. I just think, bloody hell. But yeah, and all things that, that really kind of take me back, any element of those three, you know, and put two of those three together and, oh, man, I'm, a, I'm away. I'm away. Is that you, sugar bumps? Who the hell are you? It's me. Sugar bumps. <laughs> oh Oh
0: thank God you're alive. I heard you been. Fried. Is that what you heard? You set me up over a woman. Woman must be insane. (laughs) Don't bother. Your life won't be worth spit. I've been dead once already. It's very liberating think of it as uh, therapy (laughs) Jack listen maybe we can cut a deal Jack Jack is dead my friend you can call me Joker and as you can see I'm a lot happier
1: (laughs) yeah it's a great film. If you've never seen it, watch it. It's a great Saturday night film. You'll 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 love it, and it might spoil you for some of the modern interpretations potentially. Depends on where you fall. Whether you like your Batman dour and husky, or whether you like your Batman played a bit more um, humorously with a bit more comedy and but not you know stupidly. Yeah. Um, but you'll enjoy it. You'll enjoy it. You'll find something in it. You'll enjoy. Definitely. If you if, don't then
0: If nothing else, Nicholson's Joker.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: But... Or or even Alfred. You know, you look at
0: Alfred's great. <laughs> I love that there. exchange where he's talking about how special Vicky is, and Bruce is just like, Why don't you marry her?
1: <laughs> yeah. It's that beautiful relationship between them though, isn't it? That you know, when he when he says Alfred is family, is my family and you think, Yeah, you know, he is and I know they've done a lot of around with Alfred over the years and everything else. But, you know... It,
0: yeah, it, I've never liked that. I always liked no. that Alfred was just a butler. This whole, yeah. you know, he was the Bruce Wayne's... He was the Wayne's bodyguard and he failed, so oh. he started being the butler. And all. It's like that's an interesting take on the character, but I just like the idea that he is a butler who just loved Bruce. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: He, loved he doesn't the, need he loved to be an family. ass kicker. No, but, no.
1: You know, well, I, I don't know. It's it's that need to. It's like when they feel the need to explain everybody's backstory, isn't it? Yeah. You know. So like, I don't well, yeah. care about Leatherface's backstory. Just want to yeah. see him chase somebody with a chainsaw. You know what I mean? It's Like
0: years ago when Gotham came out, I did a quick doodle that was like the prequel to the prequel that was uh, Alfred the Butler Butler School years, <laughs> and it was called Pennyworth, and, and then he did a Pennyworth series. <laughs> She'd <Should've laughs> copyrighted it. spy, but but I love. <laughs> Like I say, I love Michael. I love that they brought him back as Alfred for the BBC Radio version of Batman: Nightfall as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, I love that he's him and Pat Hingle are the two that carry out through those four Batman films. Pat Hingle's mm. less of a presence, I think, as Commissioner Gordon. Yeah, they never really did anything interesting with Commissioner Gordon in those films, but fine. <laughs> yeah, I know yeah. the it's neither a big loss nor a. He's perfectly serviceable in.
1: Exactly. And that's what I mean. It's just the right amount of each character, just enough to give you a sense of what they were, who they were and what they were about. And, you know, it concentrated on the right people. And that's that's a sign, I think it's a sign of a good film and a good filmmaker. Yeah. You know, Um, because how many films do you see where you can't invest in any characters? Because there's about 50 of them and they're all getting equal screen time and nobody develops anybody to the point where you actually give a shit
0: about them. You that's, know. that's that's when they're doing it for. Uh... This character could be more developed in the next one. I don't give a fuck about the next one. No, no. no i mean, well, I'm this, one this one, the one minute, then. It's like I'll
1: wait for that. I one. don't want to be
0: sitting through this one then, thinking I've got to wait three years to find out what fucking happens next. <laughs> but I mean, don't get me wrong. I love a little work, bit of world building and all that stuff, but when it's done, feeling forced. Yeah. Um, I know. But yeah, but yeah, I mean,
1: two thumbs up. Never mind. <laughs> ebert and all that lot miserable fuckers <laughs> it's and Barry like, Norman, normally just have a word with himself as well i mean i know he's not here anymore but
0: i mean i like siskel and ebert and i like um i think siskel was a bit more positive on the film than ebert mm. was um but then siskel didn't like last crusade which was bizarre but i do kind of like looking back at film critics that i like and respect but then i suppose at the age they were coming into it is very different to the age i came into it so so it's potentially exactly. a bit like me coming in now and being like, this film ain't so fucking good. It's not a classic like Batman.
1: Yeah. No, and, and that's the <laughs> thing.
0: In that to come, you've got people to have that, look back on my opinion and be like, well, they won't, but if I was, they'd look.
1: <laughs> but you've got to have that maturity to look at these things and consider the context of when and who was doing that, that review or, you know, what they were, what they were writing or saying about the film. And it's well, very they, much different to today. Cause at least it was a considered opinion back then, whether it was, whether it was right or wrong. And it was biased, before they saw it or not is, is, is kind of you know something you could argue but at least it was a considered opinion yeah that they were put forward and just because you didn't like it didn't mean it was invalid it's like now you know it's like we talked about earlier you're either with me or you're against me it's like well life's yeah. not like that you know there are shades of gray where i can say to someone well i don't particularly care for that but do you know what I can see why you're talking about these elements, but it's just not for me. It doesn't mean I hate it. it doesn't mean I'm going to go on and have an online campaign about it.
0: Um, well, six, it, I mean, while I disagree with Roger Ebert with regard to it not being a fun film to watch, I can strongly mm-hmm. disagree with it. I do kind of agree with Barry Norman. It doesn't sway my thing of it, but I do think that, you know, Jack Nicholson overshadows the whole film. He and does. Potentially does yeah. throw it off balance. Yeah. And that's fair, but I don't think... And, Arguably, because we don't know any different. It could have been an incredibly flat film without that Jack Nixon stuff. But um yeah. I think it works in the film's favour and I enjoy it for it. Not in spite of it, but I can understand that that'd be a criticism for somebody.
1: Yeah. But, but I think it had that it had that balance to it. That was the thing. You know, where you had this it's like two ends of the spectrum, isn't it? You know, yeah. you've got this controlled anger that is that is Bruce Wayne stroke Batman. And you've got this completely like unleashed fury which is the joker and without you know without light and dark it's all gray in it you know so if batman would have been crazy as well it would have just been like too much and if the joker had been more kind of considered and and calm i mean i know we talked about being calm but i mean you know not not having those kind of points where he just flies and goes off it, I don't think it would have actually held it together as interestingly, because it, that's the point, you know, it's the two elements. And it's the great thing about Batman and the Joker, which, is, you know, it's been done to death, but it's that coexistence thing, isn't it? I yeah. know this film talks about, you know, that great line about, you know, you you created me. And it's like, you know, I created you, you created me. And and then that great joke line about, oh, you know, it's a bit childish. You know, I say you created me and you've got to say I created you know, And it's brilliantly done. But it's true, that element of, you know, if you don't have something like Batman, you will never have something like Joker and vice versa. And you've got to have that contrast. Otherwise, it's all just mid-tones, isn't it? You know, there's There's nothing. It's a bit like what
0: they address in Nolan's Dark Knight, isn't it? You know, you created a world. So they turn to a man that they didn't fully understand. And that's kind of the thing. Yeah. I mean, I know a lot of people, particularly comic book fans, didn't like the fact that Jack Napier killed the Waynes. I think oh, it works nicely yeah, within yeah, the yeah. context of this film. And on a quick side note, um, Hugo Blick, who plays the young Jack Napier, really fucking memorable in such a tiny little part. He is. He's is. Like, so effective he, in it. Yeah, just he's brilliant. That general creepiness of, see you around, kid.
1: <laughs> yeah, just appearing out the shadow slowly, and it's like, oh, my.
0: It's like he oh. looks, he's got that essence of Nicholson, but he doesn't look so much like it that it distracts you. Yeah. Yeah, and, just, and I think that just whole dis- up He went on to be a producer. He didn't really do much else acting wise. Right.
1: Interesting. But, but I, uh, I know, that I, I remember at the time, people, you know, you'd read things and people would be unhappy about it. And like I say, thankfully, we the been enough social media and all that crap back then. Excuse me. Have you ever danced with the devil in the pale moonlight? <laughs> You made me, remember? You dropped me into that vat of
0: chemicals. That wasn't easy to get over. And don't think that I didn't try. I know you did. when i killed your parents i mean
1: i say i made you you gotta say you made me and how childish can you get huh? you wouldn't hit a guy with glasses on would you huh? <laughs> it worked well for the context of the story you know well, it,
0: it worked for, well in yeah, uh, the circular people... nature of a story it works perfectly. And to be fair, mm-hmm. they've done a lot worse with the deaths of the Waynes in the comics with regard to tying it all into the fucking court oh, battles and all that don't, shit. Don't. There's, you know. there's, I mean, we're coming off the film slightly and going into the comics, but there's a simple beauty to a senseless crime being what created Batman. To then tie it into organized crime and all that shit. You let, it's yeah. not stop being a senseless crime now. And, it's and, just, and in my head, that is
1: that's the origin of Batman.
0: And this whole thing he of making the, the wings slightly described. corrupt or something. It's like well that completely takes away. That's fucking huntress, yeah. that is.
1: <laughs> yeah, because bad shit happens and for no reason sometimes. We all know that. And that's that's the crux of Batman to me. And is
0: it a random act of violence.
1: Yeah. Uh, and it it just works well in the film though, to tie it around. And and yeah. I know there's a big debate about well, there's a gaffe, a major gaff, where he tells Joker that he you know, he killed his parents and he says, I was a young man. How did he know? Because he doesn't know who, who Batman is. He doesn't know And it's like, but he probably killed. You look at when you say he emerges from the shadows. He probably killed loads of people's parents. That yeah,
0: guy. I was just taking that down as a you know, joker trying to blag his way out of it kind of thing. Yeah, because like he, he wasn't wouldn't killed. have a clue. Even if he knew who Bruce Wayne was, he wouldn't no. have a clue that he or remember that he killed Wayne. No. Well, they wouldn't know who they were when he killed them, would probably. No, he? Probably. I mean, he wouldn't give a fuck. No.
1: So it just, the whole thing is just a nonsense, but it works well in the context of the story. And it does give you that element of, you know, um, why Batman does what he does. I mean, I know originally in one of the screenplay drafts, he actually kills Vicky Vale at the end, doesn't he? The Joker. And then Batman goes like absolutely apeshit. And then they thought it was going to be a bit too dark. And and I think it wouldn't have worked. It would have been, I like the way it ends. You know, it ends on a positive. It ends on that great old fashioned, positive
0: note where you know it plays up. like a great adventure movie yeah obviously you yeah. can go off on a quest but you know exactly.
1: it's got that
0: great old-fashioned adventure movie kind of feel yeah. to it which works for doing batman mm. as a movie like i say if you if you know in advance that you're doing a trilogy like a nolan trilogy or something like that, then fair enough build a mm. world spend a little bit more time with not properly developing the character in the first film because you're going to build on it in the second one yeah that's 100 fine the problem with that then is that if you then don't get your second and third film. You might have things that have well, look at like Amazing Spider-Man where they're so concerned with building stuff for the next film that we're yeah. now left with an incomplete film. You're just like, hmm, all right, fine, I feel really unfulfilled, mate. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's true. That's but true. But yeah. So sort of quickly then, just a couple of other characters I want to touch on. Um William Hukins as Eckhart. I love William Hookins anyway. He was Lex again, going back to the BBC Radio, but he was Lex Luthor on the BBC Radio Superman. And he's amazing in that role. He is great. Um, but I love him as Eckhart. I love his no, chemistry. I always with think Knox. of him
1: as Harvey Bullock. It's yeah. like, I always think he would have he would have been the perfect Harvey Bullock. Uh, yeah, um, but he is great as Eckhart. and he is obviously great he's
0: obviously Porkins in Star Wars as well. He's the top yeah. men guy in Raiders Slimy of the Lost. Slimy
1: bent cop. Brilliant.
0: Brilliant. I just Brilliant. love his whole thing where he's like, you know, these two slipped on a banana peel and then uh you yeah. from off Reader's and Pet's wheeled by And He's like, I'm telling you, man, a giant bat. <laughs> just the look he gives Knox where he's like, don't put any of this in your paper. Uh,
1: it's just great. he is very good. He's very
0: good. I love that. I mean, this is very much a no small parts kind of movie. Everybody's fucking great. Even the newsreaders mm-hmm. are fucking great. Yeah. Yeah. The, the yeah, guy absolutely. when it comes back to him, he's got no makeup on. He's just like,
1: <laughs> yeah. And, uh... The whole thing, it's the, like I say, there isn't a wasted moment um in the film. You know, it's two hours and I think it's two hours and a minute, isn't it? It's, it's you know.
0: Yeah.
1: But it is it is not in any way wasted no. um on it. There's nothing in there you think, oh I'd cut that bit out and I cut that bit out. You know, the, the the chase scenes don't go on too long, the fight scenes don't go on too long, you know. It's just it's just really well done. Yeah. It's just really, really well done and a really tight film and i don't think it could have benefited from you know there's lots of films where you think oh maybe they'd have put that scene in and that's it. no actually i think no it's pretty
0: the only, perfect the only thing is. i wish they'd kept in is after he does where does he get those wonderful toys there's a line where jack Nixon goes well go ask him <laughs> which possibly would have it would have been a beat too much and would have ruined the flow yeah. of the scene but i just love the idea of jack Nixon delivering that line yeah but sort of then wrapping it up, I know we sort of touched on where it would have gone forward with Tim Burton but what would you have liked to see in a third Tim Burton, Michael Keaton Batman film? Because obviously Keaton was attached to Forever and then dropped out Yeah him. and I get I the mean, feeling with Keaton for a long time he was very much, not ashamed but distancing himself from having been Batman, obviously now he's back as Batman in the Flash movie that may never come out, because you know, you know and I agree public. with
1: a previous podcaster of yours that um, Stacy, they better not fucking do anything to him either
0: no I, like I said in that I, I get the feeling that <clears throat> they're getting rid of the Affleck one in that and Michael yeah. Keaton become the standard until it's passing the torch so obviously the dude's like nearly 70 isn't he if not I think, 70. he's, I think he's 71 now he looks good though he's, I he's,
1: know. he's he's perfect age to do a Dark Knight Returns film he, he, he looks yeah.
0: at 71 like I do at 42
1: <laughs> yeah I know yeah <laughs> Not oh, that feeling. But um no, I mean I think a third um Batman Burton film would have had to have been two face. I think
0: yeah, they could I have I, I get the feeling that it would have very much been in line with where Forever was.
1: Hmm. I that maybe I don't know if they, I mean if they had the dual threat in Batman Returns, which was played well and and you know, so you had Cat and the Penguin, but you'd have probably ended up with depending where they set it in the in the time of the of the movies as well, you know, whether they'd have done it before Batman Returns and, and, you know, in the canon of stuff. I don't know. That'd be interesting because it would have made sense to, even if they made a third Batman film, to have placed it in between the first one and the second yeah. one. Yeah. Because you'd have still had the whole dent thing um, quite active there and it would have been easy for people to pick up the, the thread. And it wouldn't have in any way impacted um, Returns. Because there is actually no, you know, there's some gaps between the first and second one anyway. But I think that would have been a perfect, um, perfect film. I think it could have been really interesting. Um, I don't know. I mean, I'd I'd, I'd like to have seen. I do mean I don't. I'd like to have seen how Burton would have dealt with a Robin type scenario. But then it wouldn't work in that Batman world. It, It just wouldn't have.
0: Robin's such have... a tricky character. Yeah, he's done it, so it, it... well in the comics, but if you ever try and bring him in film, if you want to go comics accurate, you need like a twelve-year-old.
1: Yeah.
0: For one, or well, you know, somebody twelve to fourteen. Mm. Which again, you're then not going to get the longevity out of them in the character because with three years between films, you've already aged your Robin out pretty much straight away. Yeah. But and just the idea of somebody and, that young. And I would have, I would have liked to I see I don't them. dislike Chris O'Donnell, but at the same time, you're like you're like. 28 years old or whatever,
1: and and it doesn't work.
0: Once I'm not buying get... you as a college student at all.
1: No, it's just it's a bit weird as well on screen, isn't it? Let's be honest. Yeah. It's... Um, but I would have liked to have seen um the Riddler done by Burton as well. Yeah. And I think you know, <laughs> and I'm not sure. I'll have to remember. I think at the time he may not have been um available for various reasons. Um but I would love to have seen Pee-Wee Herman play the Riddler. I <laughs> the honestly you know, as much as I think it sounds ridiculous, um you know, he's a great actor, character actor, and I think it would have just been a great take on it that you know, it would have had that level of really sinister kind of um behaviour, but also kind of a bit bit edgy you know a bit yeah. a bit light-hearted but a bit edgy and I, and I think he would have done a really and i think burton would have got the best i mean obviously it was Wee's big adventure that, that launched yeah. burton really but i think that would have would have
0: really worked well i would have liked to have uh, seen robin williams do it if you get in your sinister robin williams like your insomnia <laughs> robin williams five I, hour one hour photo
1: yeah I, I love robin williams but i do think he'd have he'd have gone down the route without joker and the joker I think it, the i think he'd have lost his shit completely honestly. yeah um and again i love him and i actually think robin williams is a straight actor far superior to some of his comedic stuff you know i don't i liked him as stand-up i don't particularly find him funny in in comedy roles but i think you know things like good morning vietnam and dead poets and stuff yeah. I, I, the guy was a, just a completely underrated
0: actor. Brilliant. You kind of want somebody weird, like you say, a Pee Wee Herman or like a Christopher, yeah. not Christopher Walken, but a Christopher Walken type. Mm. Somebody's just a little bit off. Brad Dorif would have been good.
1: Mm. Yeah. Well, yeah, that would be my, my that'd be my choice. Yeah. It'd be a two-faced Riddler double um, with, you know, Billy D, my mate, Billy D. Yeah. And uh, Pee Wee Herman. I can't, I can't remember his name, Paul. um
0: Paul Rubens.
1: Paul Rubens, that's it. I think they would have been spectacular on screen, particularly with uh, with Burton at the helm as well. And what a what a counter to Michael Keaton's Batman. Yeah. You know, that straight laced but slightly unhinged. You, well, you know? and again, there, a bit then. like Sherlock you get a John oh, Waters you know? as Riddler. <laughs> oh
0: dear. It's See fantasy. now you're picturing
1: it. <laughs> yeah I
0: am. I am. But
1: yeah. Um. But yeah, I just think it would have been would have been interesting. But do you know what? They are two great films. Two great films. But well, this and is the other
0: thing. A Third Burton Keaton film could have really ruined the whole thing, so could
1: have
0: not that I'm a hold with this, you know, that film has ruined my love of the other two films, but it it could have been the well, it could have been the Batman and Robin of it all, couldn't it? <laughs> not in yes. that tone, but you know, in <laughs> legacy. <laughs>
1: yeah, but with less nipples. Well hopefully.
0: Yeah. But yeah, that was such a fortunate, unfortunate end to that sort of, uh, but I kind of get, have you seen that Val Kilmer documentary?
1: No, I can't watch it. I find it too sad. Um, it's really good. I, I don't know that it is sad, but I just, I read a little thing and I just thought, I don't know if I could watch this because. It is sad,
0: but it's hopeful at the same time kind yeah, of thing. But I'm not a great fan of Val Kilmer, but I,
1: I just think, you know, he's all right, don't get me wrong, but I just think, I don't know, it's a bit like, you know, you watch like kind of... Um, these well, they don't watch with these programs that are basically just poverty porn, aren't they? They yeah. Just click on people that are in really
0: bad basically situations. Channel Five shit.
1: Yeah, and I just think it it smelt a bit of that, but I don't know. I mean, I've I think it's,
0: it it's his film. I think it, but um, there's a bit in that where he's talking about, you know, how awesome it is to be Batman, and then the reality of it is that you see Jim Carrey having so much fun, you see Tommy Lee Jones, you mm. know, and he's just stuck in this thing where you can't perform, and he's like when you're in the suit, you're so isolated that just people stop talking to you, and wow. that sort of thing. And that's sort of Ooh, why he decided gosh. to walk away because he was like doing the Saint. Yeah, it's infinitely more appealing where you can play multiple different characters in one film. That's pretty sad, than, isn't it? Than playing Batman, and I've I, I kind of see like that. that. Mm. Yeah, I think possibly Keaton had a bit of that as well. <laughs> it's just like yeah, and you know, just I know back they've back all to... said they can't hear a thing in when they've yeah. got the cowl.
1: Yeah, that's true. But just going back to fantasy casting, how great would it have been to have a third Burton film and have Christopher Reeve pop up? Yeah. <laughs> just a cameo. Do you know? Oh, I mean?
0: Yeah. As a 15-year-old, when they oh, mentioned God. Metropolis in Batman Forever, I was like...
1: you did just shit, <laughs> wouldn't you? Do you know what <laughs> I mean? You'd did, you did just shit, shit your pants there and then. That was always going to be Escorting the thing in Tim
0: Burton's Superman lives, wasn't it? That that would have been Michael Keaton's Batman in that. Mm. Yeah.
1: Because,
0: again, you live for the tiny little things like that. Like I say... Um, Val Kilmer's Batman referencing the circus must be halfway to Metropolis and Batman Forever. It's like mm. world building, <laughs> yeah, interconnected world. And now and in um, this age of the MCU, where we're fucking spoiled for it.
1: Yeah, it was, it was. Yeah, I mean, I loved stuff like that where you get little bits of, you know, crossover and things. And and I mean, I, I've talked about this as well, where you know, you talk about um, when you read The Dark Knight Returns and. and there's the, the scene with Robin's kind of outfit in yeah. that sort of stasis tube. It's just there as a memorial. And I'm seeing that and thinking, fucking hell, what? And then you read, you know, the, the obviously Death in the Family, which came after. And it's like, it's almost like a, an inverse time travel yeah. where they knew this. And that as a kid, I mean, I talked about this on Tony's show, and it, that, that still even now sticks with me. That That's when I first became really hooked on the idea of canon. And I'm not I'm don't get me wrong, I'm not like a canon bloody, you know, obsessive, although probably I'm a little bit with things like Star Wars and Batman. But I, I really do like that idea of that connective tissue between different things. And then when you see little things appear in other things that you you not everyone will get, but you see it and go, Oh, that was this. It, oh, I love shit like that. So any any mention of Christopher Reeves, Superman in a Batman thing would have just like you know, I'd, I think I'd have just probably had some kind of weird incident
0: Yeah, um, been Sadly, escorted out. The closest you'll get to that is the uh, film Speechless, which had Michael yeah. Keene and Christopher Reeve in it. But, and I believe they possibly used some clips from that in um, one of those fan made trailers.
1: Right. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it, it is what it is, isn't it? You know, and it, it's like, I were quite like to have so two weak, people yeah. play two characters that were so important to us.
0: But like so I say, well. the legacy of 89, the fact that they brought Keaton back for the Flash film.
1: Yeah. I say, and it's whether we actually it?
0: get to see the Flash film, given well, the you... Ezra Miller shit that's kicking off at the minute? But Yeah. At the look, time at of
1: the, cool. look at all the shit Keaton got. And now people, even people that probably never even really saw Batman's first time around are all excited that he's coming back. Yeah. You know, and it's like, you, I'm not being funny, but, you know, I love Christian Bale. I think he's a great actor, but I think his Batman was awful. You know, oh, if I you mean, told me I'm was... never going to
0: see his Batman again, I'm perfectly fine with that.
1: Yeah, that's what I mean. If you, know, if you told me he was popping up a bit of film or you'd that. be like, that's so
0: indifferent to it.
1: You'd be like, yeah, well, if Nolan's behind it, that'd be four hours long, then, wouldn't it? You know, um, but it just doesn't have that same nostalgia vibe, does it? You know, it almost be like Adam West coming back. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Where you'd yeah, because
0: I know Adam West always felt put out that he wasn't asked to cameo in the Batman '89, but it would have stuck out like a sore thumb. It and... would. He couldn't have done it. Just that's the kind it. i mean they gave him a small role in lois and clark on tv mm. and even that sort of stuck out but it was fine because it was a tv stunt casting job and, and you I, love west, yeah, you know, I love adam west yeah i love adam west
1: batman tv show and the 66 film i, I absolutely adore
0: oh i do it's wonderful um,
1: because it captures again the batman of the time you know yeah. where it was completely batshit crazy you know it's like oh and this one's like you know batman's turned into a zebra you know i was remember like great cover and you know anything went and that that was the, the thing at the time but it would have just been so out of place like you say in the 89 it just would have been a complete misstep and yeah. it, there's that pain, fan service and there's that ruining it by taking like, a you could have
0: done of. it in a sequel but it's definitely not the thing you want to do when you're set establishing your new batman no <clears throat> um, no especially one that's had such a fucking hard time already
1: yeah but from... if you've never seen it do yourself a favor. Yeah, and and it's on. I think it's it's still on Sky at the moment. If you've yeah, got it's Sky, Sky it? Movies,
0: and it's, I'm sure it's on to pick movies. up on DVD and Blu-ray as well. It's always in an offer. Yeah, so. it, it's a it's a brilliant, brilliant film. Um, so if nothing else, a time capsule of that moment. Watch yeah. the film and then do a little reading up on Batmania Eighty Nine. I was going to say insane. go on
1: YouTube and have a look at Batman. There's, I think there's a couple of videos about you and about yes. that summer of Batman and you'll get a feel for just how mad it was I mean I know Kevin Smith talks about it quite well about that summer of 89 and a lot of what he was talking about I'm thinking yeah that's exactly right yeah. and he said you know he, he used to think oh, I'm going to go and see how many bat things I can find when I go out and said, I gave up because it was <laughs> everywhere I'm like I can't, can't be bothered now you know I can't count that much and it's just all these things that, that you you just you, you cannot explain to people how yeah. crazy it was it uh, was everywhere,
0: it was in every country oh, it was just fucking it was, it was, a, it was it was an amazing was thing to be a phenomenon. part of yeah. like I say, I, I, hadn't, I didn't see the film until it came out on video because I couldn't go to the cinema to watch it because I wasn't even 12 So. but it was
1: the first video that was priced for home purchase wasn't yeah. it as well, it was the very first one, I remember buying it and I think it was 14 I had to save up it and um i think it was the first video that came out and it came out like some like six months after the film had come out or even probably even quicker over here i think
0: i think i bought it with my christmas vouchers whether it was that <laughs> christmas or the christmas of 1990 yeah. it came out
1: really quick and it came out and it was reasonable and i watched the shit out of it
0: yeah well. Well, i did like, like I, I, say, I wore mine out my yeah my video player chewed my tape up my nan bought me a new one so. <laughs> yeah and I've still got just, my Batman VHS. It's one of the few VHSs I've, I've hung on to. I have still
1: got mine somewhere. I missed Star Wars trilogy somewhere.
0: <laughs> yeah, I've got mine as well. Um, but.
1: but, yeah, absolutely just, honestly, a real treat. It's a real treat. Yeah. If you've never seen it, watch it. And if you haven't seen it for a while, watch it again. Cause, yeah, um, go back to it's it. it's a great alternative to modern, miserable Batman.
0: Um, exactly. Take yourself out of what you know now and just go back and watch it with an open clean mind obviously it's difficult to say because if you didn't grow up with it it's going to be a completely different experience but just try and put yourself in that you know virgin experience of having never seen batman on screen like that before i mean even with what you got now you've never seen that batman on screen before if you've never seen no. that batman no. and it's fucking amazing i think there can not be many people who haven't seen it by this point so i would hope but. not like, like, you say, that and Superman are the granddaddy of superhero movies. Yeah,
1: so. the, the the greatest two. If ever you had to pick two superhero films, um, that's it.
0: Yeah, you know,
1: definitely. And I still say that of the two, as much as they, you know, because again, Superman, I got a whole load of thing around Superman. Um, that's probably for me that that's how you make a comic book, yeah, movie. It's just perfect in every way every way, yeah. from the casting to the way it handles the origin to just everything, the character building. It was just amazing. Absolutely. Yeah. Amazing. I remember going to the cinema and seeing it. And I'm, when you see him fly, I mean, it sounds stupid now, but when you see the scene where he flies, Jesus, you know, I was, I was just,
0: Oh, he's got such a grace.
1: I was just, yeah. And he's the perfect build as well. Yeah. You know, we've talked about this on the podcast, don't we about, you know, how does Superman build muscle? But he's the perfect build where he just had that right amount. He looked just like a well-built, normal yeah. guy. But he had super strength. You know, he didn't have to have muscles on muscles on muscles. You know, and he just looked brilliant. And I just think he was, he was it's a brilliant film. But yeah, we're very lucky to have, yeah. I think, had that experience.
0: Um, That's it. But, but no, stop. cheers for picking this film because I really enjoyed going back to it again. I That's all trying. right, man. I go back to it quite often anyway, but just as an excuse to go back and watch it with the mind of doing this podcast. And yeah, cheers to coming back on as
1: well. I thought maybe someone had beat me to it. I I went through the list and I thought, well, I've never heard it. Um, So I was actually quite quite pleasantly surprised. I've got a
0: little secret list of films (laughs) that I really want to talk about, but I don't want to put it out there. I just want people to sort of come with it. And that was one of them. Yeah. So I've got another one coming up that's on the list as well, but we had to delay recording that one so that'll be after the summer specials now excellent so, good stuff but awesome cheers for that man cheers for coming hey, on welcome. again and, yeah talking to film and uh yeah i will catch you soon
1: excellent thank you for having me and uh you know i'm batman
0: but well, not really <laughs> you know I'm Batman. <laughs> I'm batman.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> fisherman's friend see you later cheers bye
1: We've received a letter from Batman
0: this morning.
1: Please inform the citizens of Gotham that Gotham City has earned the rest from crime.
0: But if the forces of evil should rise again to cast a shadow on the heart of the city, call me.
1: Question, how do we call? He gave us a signal. (laughs) we <laughs>
0: Champagne would be in order, ma'am. Hi, Alfred.
1: Mr. Wayne told me
0: to tell you that he might be a little late. Mm. I'm not a bit surprised. That was Batman. And why not? I'd like to thank Damien for joining me on this episode to talk about the film. Uh, be sure to check out Art92 online. I'll put all the links in the show notes. Uh, if you enjoyed this episode and you can be bothered to do so, please give the episode a share and tell your friends about it. Uh, and why not give us a, the series a follow or subscribe on ACAST or wherever you listen to this episode? Or don't. It's up to you. If you missed any episodes of And Why Not so far, uh, you can find them on our podcast channel over on ACAST. Uh, or on our website at hauntednerds.com and we also have an and why not list over on Letterboxd for people who enjoy looking at lists on there Uh, we're taking a short break for a few weeks but fear not, we'll be back on the 7th of June for the first of our 10 week summer specials in which I'll be joined by a series of guests to talk about some of the 80s and 90s best action movies there'll be more information on that coming soon but until then, this has been a Nerds Who Haunted Themselves production and I've been Stuart Moraine thanks for listening and remember if you want to get nuts, get nuts Bye for now.